Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's whenever you're listening to this, and you know what that means. It's the Week on Wrestling podcast from WrestleWolf. I'm your host, or one of your hosts, Dr. Damien Gibson. And joining me is the man that when he speaks, the neckbeards listen. It's the King of Marks, Paulie T. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm very well. Not only do uh, do some of the neckbeardies listen along, but uh, th- this week I was very excited when I got a reaction from a real a real performer. I did. Yeah, what one? happened? What happened? <laughs> Have you been on Twitter again? Yeah, the Twitters. Um, so <laughs> I, uh, I I just sent out a clarification tweet to find out, just to confirm what the difference is between the uh, the House of Black and the Kings of the Black Throne. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I got a like from you, yourself and a couple of other 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 fellow marks out there. And then there was um, Brody Hill. Oh, sorry, Brody King. <laughs> <laughs> and um i thought okay i've seen some of these before like it's not really going to be the real person is it um because normally you go okay do they have the blue tick no oh well it's probably not the real person but then i yeah. followed back and it was like yeah that's him that's pretty king <laughs> yeah yeah then you messaged me and i checked it out and i was like oh shit that's pretty cool so i think so far it's not a huge body count of AEW uh, superstars who have liked or interacted with us. Uh, we've got Red Velvet and Brody King. That's it. We've got two. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a back and forth with Dolph Ziggler very early on when we were doing some WWE stuff. And um, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know if Dolph's a wrestleball fan. We'll just put it that way. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> We're in DC this week, pretty much mainly AW chat. There, I, I, I didn't really watch anything else. I don't know if, if you did. There's a, a little bit of GCW for me to talk about right at the end, but um, I'm not an expert. Yeah, I'll just talk about it now. I bought GCW's World on the World on GCW pay per view uh, from the Hammersmith Ballroom in in New York, where a lot of ECW events took place, and um, the home of ECW. Yep, man, it looks amazing. The the pay per view, like, just it's one of those things where I instantaneously was like, one, I get this, I get why people love this. Uh, two, I love it, <laughs> and I can't wait to watch more. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's very obvious a homage uh, to ECW and I if you haven't watched any any of it I, I would really recommend jumping on board and if you love ECW or even like ECW you should check out GCW um but 
AEW is is the main topic of conversation as per usual. We're in DC this week. A lot of mass in the crowd. You noticed, Paulie? Uh, m- marks or ma- ma- masks? Masks? <laughs> marks in masks? <laughs> That's a good warm up. We should do that vocal warm up before every episode. Mm, marks good idea. in masks. Mar- in masks. <laughs> and there was some, a uh, lot of signs. There's like heaps of signs. Like we're getting to attitude era level of signs in the crowd at the moment. Were there any that caught your eye in particular? Oh, there were a couple that made me giggle. Um, <laughs> one that's just as pure, pure and simple. I like Cody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I pay that. I like it. And, uh, and, and of course, another one that was uh, nice and simple. And MJF still watches at WWE. So. <laughs> got, a, got, a, got a rag on the Fed. Yeah, it's the worst <laughs> insult you can give to a, to a mark these days. Um, there's a lot of good signs in AEW. I feel like the, the quality of signs are, are great. There'll be a lot of random ones. There are obviously a bunch of Arsenal supporters in the crowd this week who... Had oh, like yeah, Arsenal, I that too. yeah, like Gooners love AEW and Arsenal love AEW and stuff like that. Um, I love so like if the signs aren't impeding people's enjoyment of the of the show, let it happen. It's great. I, I'm I'm honestly trying to remember what I was talking about when I mentioned masks. Uh, was was because I'm sure I do remember a couple of weeks prior there were people wearing uh, Danhausen masks. So potentially it was that, or potentially it was a reference to uh, uh, to Ray Fe- the missing Ray Phoenix. But yeah, oh well. I'm still <clears throat> if there is a public event, I'm still checking to see whether people are wearing masks or not. I find I do find that very interesting. Right. Now we're talking about face masks to protect yeah, COVID. your health. COVID, man. <laughs> that is what I was talking about at the time. <laughs> See, stupid me back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. So this is the point I was trying to make. This is great to see lots of people wearing face masks to protect themselves and their fellow humans. Yes. Ah, let's move on. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, well, not. I mean, not to get too bogged down in in COVID stuff. But I think you have to be at least double vaxxed to go to most AEW shows uh, these days. So, anyway, I, I did. Um, I did see a um, uh, a bit of news come up about that for that particular show, confirming that these are the rules. So, um, I, I, I guess look, look along those lines. There was a there was a bit of a bit of a thread uh, that popped up. Based on um, something that CM Punk said, that he uh, he was pretty upset about how fans and some fans were follow- oh, yeah. following them in in, in uh, airports and hotels mm, and mm. getting real close to them, and uh, he's just like people who 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 are out there doing that, yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, and then so um, someone someone responded back, oh, what about this? And that was when he, he like so they put a little gif in of when he uh, ran down the ramp and and did like stage dive into the crowd, crowd surfing, and and he came back and said, look, uh, and dropped the C bomb. <laughs> so yeah, pretty surprised to see. He said this was this was well before Omicron. Um, I had been vaccinated, and there were no requirements for. Um, uh, there were the, of for 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 any uh, further requirements. All, all requirements had been met, basically. You know, like yeah. Um, uh, this, what has happened since then is a whole new world. Hmm. 
Hmm. I mean, it's just common sense stuff, really. No matter where you're at as far as, I mean, get I would hope that you're vaccinated and all that sort of thing. But especially if you're not vaccinated, don't go up to people and try and hug them and, you know, like, for God's sake, just respect people's boundaries. Don't, look, here's a rule. If you see wrestlers in an airport, <clears throat> they're traveling. They're going either to or from work. So give them a break. You know what I mean? Let them read the paper or play some games or eat something in peace. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to meet them, go to a meet and greet or, you know, anyway. Um, <laughs> speaking of wrestlers that you would not go up to anywhere at any time, no matter what he was doing, <laughs> Mox is back. Uh, what an amazing return. The The first 10 minutes of Dynamite was de- devoted to, to Mox. Um, I've actually watched that promo three times and have watched it from a different angle on BTE uh, or the oh, entrance right. at the very least. Uh, what, what did you make of, of Mox's return? Oh, look, uh, I, I thought he he, he was uh, instantly on on uh, on fire uh, and he mm. was out there ready to, to prove himself. Um, not sure about the drinking blood comment, but, uh, uh, you know, I was hyped up to see, see him perform again. He looks so healthy and just angry and ready to go. He looked um he looked younger to me. Oh yeah. He like, you know, um not not to put him down too much for <clears throat> drinking the past or whatever, but it is really amazing to see what three to four months of good living can do. <laughs> I mean, he genuinely I mean he he's slimmed down a little bit as well. So I assume that maybe he's, there's been a change in his exercise regime because to cut that much you know, as someone who has quit drinking, I did not lose that much weight. <laughs> so I, I assume there's been maybe, a change maybe in the- Maybe you didn't, my friend, but you weren't out there uh, throwing your body around the room, uh, you know, three or four nights a week and training to be able to back up that kind of activity. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know, I, mean, be- uh, I know it's not. <laughs> but I'd love to say, like, I did nothing and no weight was lost. Uh, so obviously something w- was happening. I mean, if it was just the same exercise routine without the alcohol, that backs up what i'm saying right like he looks amazing he looks 10 years younger he looks like shield he looks like he looks like when he debuted with the shield i I, you know a lot has been said about this uh and i know there's a tendency for me to sort of get up on my soapbox about anything to do with alcohol or alcoholism or sobriety or whatever and i don't think i'm going to do that on the podcast much anymore all i would say is that it's really important for people who have gone through um, what Mox has gone through to talk about it. I, the one thing I really, really loved was that um, WWE, and this isn't even re- really me having a go, but WWE would have swept that under the carpet. They wouldn't have made a statement about it initially. They probably would have done the same thing, and like, try, especially for a big star like Mox. They would have supported him, helped him with rehab, all that kind of thing. But then he just would have come back. There would be no word about it. For Mox to come and cut a promo like that, and you just had to look at Twitter afterwards to see how many people it affected, that's huge. That does so much more than me saying anything about on the podcast or anything. And it's a really brave thing to do because it's hard when you change your life like that. So uh, to come out on national television and talk about it like that, 
and to and to still sort of be in character and to cut an amazing promo. I mean, it was all <laughs> phenomenal. Um, so yeah, and then we got to see him wrestle on Rampage uh, against Ethan Page, which was fine. Do we? Yeah, look, was there, there was anything no, to take out of that match? There was no need for him to come out and and destroy him in two minutes. There was there was absolutely no need. Uh, I think um, he. he, he Ethan Page would have been buried, and and this uh, he's on a he's on a pretty hot trajectory at the moment. So hmm. why 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 ruin that? Um, and he ended up getting a, a chokehold. Uh, you know, three seconds later, Ethan, Ethan Page just pops pops up, and he's like, "Where am I? What happened?" Okay, so you know, it's kind of beautifully written, really. Um, that kind of that kind of thing. It's like, hmm. okay, right, I've been out for a while. I'm a little rusty, <clears throat> but look, I still got it. And you know, give me in a couple more matches, and I'll be I'll be killer. That's that's the feeling I got out of that. And that initial promo for him to be able to continue that that character that had already been established, he had to come out and do that. There's no way that he could just gone and, and like um, appeared at at ringside or or, or um, uh, you know walk through the crowd because he's not going to appear any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then just start start brawling. Like he had to come out and say, right, this is why I have not been here and this is how I feel and I'm going to fuck you all up. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you had to do that. That was right. Awesome. Yeah. Just a couple of lines from that. I'm sure everyone's spoken about them already, but uh, uh, was, I, don't run from, I don't run from demons. I just kick their asses. So that, that was one. Uh, and the only thing I drink these days is blood. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that worked on me, man. The way he said, it, I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" <laughs> Mox seriously intimidates me when he comes out to the ring, and I'm sitting on the other side of the world on a big, comfy couch, so I can only imagine what it's like to be there. But um, he is a massive star, maybe AEW's biggest star. I know a lot of people would argue with me about that, but I just—he just has a—he's just got something. He's a, he's a, there's an X factor, there's an enigma about him, and uh, or he's an enigma, and I'm I'm super happy that he's back. Uh, speaking of enigmas, is Pack is Pack in what is going on with Pack? <laughs> well, I was here last week gloating about the fact that I'd predicted this <laughs> this yeah. uh, indoctrination correctly, and now he comes back on video, uh, which didn't really didn't really sell the point very well. Uh, to say, ah, oh, you thought uh, I was coming to join you, but I'm not. Look, I can actually see. I'm like, ah, oh. what? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, if this is shaping up to a Pack versus Alistair Black match, I mean, we we desperately want to see that, right? No shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying there is a silver lining to not getting the prediction correct. But, you know, also maybe you have. Who knows? Maybe this is just a, another another swerve. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Um, like uh, there, yeah, there are a couple other things happening where, where we thought this is what we're being told or this is what, how we're supposed to interpret this. And now, oh, no. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of um I'm digging on it though. Like I'm I'm liking now that Brody King is there, I'm I'm more into the House of Black storyline. Oh look, he's a he's a bloody monstrous brute of a man. 
uh, and uh, you know, Alistair Black's not much smaller, and he can fly around like crazy. So yeah, they're delightful to watch. <laughs> mm. We had a um, so I was just going to say the word swerve, and it reminded me. Well, we don't have it on our run sheet. There's about nine wrestlers who all come out of their 90 day non compete clause either this week or the week after. So um, I think Isaiah Swerve Scott may be one of those. Um, oh, God, there's literally seven other people. And I can't think of any of them. But anyway, just I wouldn't not be watching Dynamite in the next couple of weeks, put it that way. Um, the, the, the main one that I am surprised, uh, hasn't appeared yet is Bray Wyatt, but also probably more, more, more than that. I thought Johnny, Johnny Gargano would have been out there by now. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gargano might be one of those. Isn't he one of the nine? I think he might be one of those guys whose 90 day compete comes up in the next couple of weeks. Oh, right. So he obviously had a different deal to, uh. Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. Oh, who knows with WWE contracts, man? They, they really don't make any sense at all um, as far as that thing. Uh, another storyline that we thought we knew what was going to happen and kind of got derailed by the end of the week thanks to the vid was the uh, Rapongi Vice versus Young Bucks. Yeah. That was a spin-off storyline. That was a bit of a disappointment dis- disappointment because um, uh, – not only do I love to um, uh, help, not only do I love to find out more about um, the the history of, and especially the recent history of um, of New Japan, mm. um, having seen you know a small few snippets here and there, but never really having the opportunity or the time to to delve right into it. Seeing the um, uh, the, the the clips of Rapongi Vice, uh, who are uh, Trent Beretta. And um, Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rocky Romero. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. Keep going. Um, uh, Rocky Romero and uh, Trent Breda, who have um, both been uh, playing roles as uh, best friends and or chaos uh, recently in AEW, now that chaos, the New Japan faction, has uh, adopted them. Hmm. Um uh, yeah, I did not know that uh, Trent Beretta uh, was even on the New Japan roster. So it was great to see that that history of them uh, in uh, great matches after great matches with uh, with the Young Bucks, and for them to uh, reminisce with a an, another go on uh, AEW television. I was I was uh, mouth, uh, I thought it was a mouth watering opportunity, and then it was stolen away from me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if, if you didn't know, Rocky Romero. Uh, unfortunately, contracted COVID, which means that he couldn't uh, couldn't wrestle. But what we did get in its place was a Trent Barada versus Nick Jackson match, which I really enjoyed. Um, and I, I just thought, do could either? Of, I mean, I've kind of written down here could Trent, but I think either of these guys could either of these guys go solo and make a run of it. I don't see why not. Um, they just need to be able to be given, uh, you know, booked, booked in the right matches and given enough time to show what they can do. Yeah, absolutely. W- would you ever break up the Young Bucks? Uh, oh, gee. Um, hearing you say that 
reminds me of uh, an image I saw today, a little animation that um, <clears throat> Matt Hardy shared on on the Twitters, saying that uh, uh, this happened, uh, I think it was 13 years ago, and that this was uh, he and he, he he entering the ring after Matt was uh, sorry, Matt entering the ring after um, Jeff was already in there. Uh, he picked up a, a chair and was going to attack, I believe it was Edge on the mat, and right. then ended up turning around and, and belting uh, Jeff with with the chair and the head. Right. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, that, kind of a, that kind of a team breakup dynamic with the Young Bucks. Look, uh, I can't, I can't really say that I can, I can go back and think of any key tag team duos who've had a great breakup storyline and then much has really happened after that to justify it. Like those hmm. matches, those matches at the time, they give you the great shock factor moment, but then you know that one of them might get you know two or three decent matches. Typically, the other just sort of, I don't know, fades away into a into a another faction somewhere else, or yeah. you know, something a little bit more disappointing. Um, uh, look, I, I'm totally totally open to be proven wrong uh, many times, but uh, yeah, nothing really springs to mind. So, having said all that, I'd probably go with no. <laughs> maybe, maybe Edge and Christian. May maybe I mean their feud was okay after they broke up. Obviously, Edge was pushed. A lot more than Christian was by Vince, Got but I mean, right. uh, Christian still ended up winning the IC belt a couple of times, right? And I'm kind of grasping at straws here a little bit. That, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of where the two tag team guys kind of went on to one a lot more successfully than the other to have solo careers. Yeah, I mean, both both uh, uh, from from uh, Christian's perspective, you know, pretty decent getting a getting a. A, a, a mid card run for a while, but yeah, nothing like the heights of what Edge got to got to. Imagine to being Vince McMahon and looking at Christian and going, "Nah, nah, ugly, ugly man, can't put him on TV. Uh, can't I, do anything with him. He's a terrible wrestler." But everybody in the back says that he's the best worker here. Uh, he's not good on the mic. He's the funniest dude on the show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Couldn't do anything with Christian, though. Um, speaking of win-loss records, what's going on with the win-loss records? How, Like, we're two and a bit years in. Is the wins actually matter in AEW? Is that something that we can still hang our hat on as AEW fanboys, or is that something that's starting to lose its luster a little bit when we get 28-0 win records for Jay Cargill, et cetera? Well, I, I reckon the rankings, although <clears throat> influenced by the win-loss records, uh, are certainly determined by uh, Khan, comma, T full stop. Um, like, uh, <laughs> 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 you know, uh, there'll, there'll be some teams that have had, you know, a 8-0 win-loss record in the last a few weeks in in uh, various dark and or live TV uh, showings, but mm. just because uh, these other hot team has just gone three one, oh, we'll give them a a number one ranking for some reason. So it doesn't really 
don't know. It, it, it's certainly it's certainly still part of the mix, and it doesn't. It it means more than it ever did when we were watching WWE. Mm. It still means more. Yeah. However, um, I'm a bit tired of hearing about undefeated records. We've got Adam Cole, CM Punk, Jade Cargill. Um, MJF still claims he has an undefeated record, even though he did get beaten um, after uh, a second referee came into the match and said um, that he had that uh, Jericho had his leg on the rope, hmm. uh, which that is that's never been done before and supposedly shouldn't happen because you know the ref didn't see it so uh. <laughs> yeah. um and then yeah. and then he lost again uh 2 weeks ago because of uh, the first DQ on live AEW TV um and i had a feeling there was another and so no i guess my point is like after because I've been watching, you know, wrestling for a couple of decades, and and the only the only response you would ever have, uh, usually up until uh, a few months ago, uh, when someone talked about an undefeated wrestler, was like, oh yeah, Goldberg, he was rad, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, uh, but I don't know, it, it's it's starting to drag on me, and I can't really put my finger on what it is. How, how are you? What, what do you feel about the way that these these records are being presented? Yeah, I the only thing I'm I'm willing to give Cole and Punk a pass because I think that's actually a really long slow slow storytelling technique where the two of them will face off as undefeated. They both kind of came at the same time, and I don't know if you remember, but initially they were both talking a lot of smack about each other for like two weeks, and then it completely dissipated so i'm still holding on to that that i think that's what they'll do um with those guys but yeah i mean the cargo thing what what i agree with everything that you've said and i it it does bug me when you're watching it and i'll either be messaging you or uh sir kayfabe about stuff uh matthew and you inevitably get a message from someone saying oh i didn't realize and it's always someone that is a bit iffy or a bit new, like the Varsity Blondes or something. You know, uh, the Varsity Blondes have got a thirty-one and O record this year. Like I've seen them on TV once, yeah. and then you realise it's ah, from yes. Dark and Dark Elevations. Like I how I have a real beam my bonnet about Dark and Dark Elevation. Full stop. I, I just I just think there's too. I understand you got a big roster. I understand it's free. It's, you know, a little taste to put out on YouTube to get people to come and <laughs> buy fight subscriptions and stuff like that. But I just think if you have to at some point, and I know they can point to YouTube figures and say, oh, 200,000, 300,000 people are watching it. That's still, you know, 25% of the people who are watching the weekly TV show just in America alone on cable TV. <laughs> so the Great. vast majority of people who are watching it don't watch Dark and Dark Elevation. So it means nothing. So you're right. It just becomes this thing where all of a sudden a competitor has a 52-1. and It's like the one that I noticed the other day was that Frankie Kazarian is the second most winningest 
wrestler in AEW history. I saw them bring that up too, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, great. I I can't remember the last time I saw him. The last time I saw him win some matches was um, with Christopher Daniels when they were tagging before Daniels retired from AEW. So I don't know when these matches were happening. And then you go, oh, yeah, dark. So <laughs> Yeah, well, you thanks, yeah. thanks uh, you've jogged my memory. So this is, this is probably really the, the key factor in why hearing these, these, these huge records is, is – um, Really dragging its feet and becoming too 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 tiresome. Uh, it's and that's it. That that's the reason. Now, um, uh, look, dark. Um, certainly, dark elevation is, is has been brought on board to be able to give um, new talent who are not contracted a gig. They give them, as far as I know, they just give them you know one match or two matches, um, and if if they they're able to cut it in the ring. Uh, then they they potentially uh, are brought up later on, mm. or maybe they go they might go through the dark elevation, then dark, and then potentially um, they might be a jobber, uh, and then maybe they might get a spot or something like that. Uh, so that's that's their. I mean, it's quite literally called dark. That's what um, you know, dark dark shows in in uh, previous promotions. That's that's what they would do is they would either either yeah. just have a um, uh, a match that's that's put together to entertain the local crowd may not be, may not run along with the current um, feuds or, or whatever the themes they've got on TV. Um, and my, might just bring in someone who hasn't, um, hasn't been employed before, but give them a go and see what they can, if they can cut mm. the mustard. Um, would, would a simple fix just be Excalibur saying that? Would that make it less annoying to be like, you know, to, bring up the win-loss record and then say, you know, so he's really been killing it on in the minors or something like that. Potentially. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to mull on this one, I think, a little further and see, um, you know, what, 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 are the, what are the ways we can, we can uh, suggest to, to kind of tweak this, this, uh, this, uh, method of getting their 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 records across, which yeah. doesn't really doesn't really sell it right. Uh. No, it, it doesn't sell anybody, and I think that's the problem. Is it doesn't put anybody over. Everybody knows what it is, <laughs> so it's just kind of this thing that just has sort of putted along for two and a bit years, and everyone's like, "Why? Why are you doing that?" Another thing that frustrates me, and I'm glad this has been brought up between the two of us, is, and I've brought it up a couple of times on the, on the podcast previously, is the amount of time that uh, either a tag partner or, well, yeah, a tag partner spends in the ring when they haven't been tagged in. It's something that really... It's a big sort of Jim Cornette. I hear, I find myself sounding like Jim Cornette when I pitch about <laughs> it. But it is, uh, you know, Jim Ross sort of bugs uh, bitches about it as well, and I agree with them because the whole idea is to try and put on a predetermined wrestling match that looks real. Exactly. And when you've got a referee that, what what, what do you think of it? Because it frustrates the hell out of me. <laughs> Where are you at it on this stuff? Well, I can remember thinking about this years ago, and and throughout my my time watching wrestling, just thinking, okay, well, that guy has has been holding the rope for a while, standing in the corner waiting for his opportunity. He's now activated the tag, 
but the other guy is still in the ring and they're performing moves on it's now two on one now like it, this is supposed to be a a one-on-one match at a time hmm. but you you tag in and out so why is that guy still in there oh they're allowed five seconds oh okay then so the referee counts claps their hands you know one two three okay right he's out now so you keep going so oh hang on what they're still in there what shouldn't that be a well, shouldn't they do something about that? And then, mm. or at least, or at least have a, a situation where the referee is like making it look like he's trying to tell the wrestlers to get out of the ring. Absolutely, um, and then uh, this this um, question that I had in my head, this thing that was bugging me for a while, came back when uh, FTR became uh, more and more popular and one of their potential definitions of what ftr means was follow the rules hmm. <laughs> and they so they they say that they must have a ring rope um and they will uh you know they must be either they, they, they will always follow the rules and they they will tag in and out and um, when they're in matches their opponents have to do that too and their typical example of completely the opposite of that is the Lucha Brothers. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and uh, yes, they're completely right. Um, however, I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be fair to AEW, I think it is 10 seconds in AEW compared right. to WWE five seconds. But fuck, man. I mean, if there's a three on, like there's been for, what, a year and a half, almost basically since AEW started, talk of a trio's belt. At some point, I mean, once you start getting to trips, tag team matches, I mean, you end up with six people in the ring at once, and the referee might as well just hit the showers because they don't—they're <laughs> just not doing anything, you know. Yeah, and it is—I get frustrated at Jr. sort of um, burying stuff on on commentary. But when he does do that with tag stuff in AEW, I really agree with it. I wish he wouldn't say it on air. He should be going to Tony Khan afterwards and going, this presentation doesn't look real. But, um, yeah, it's frustrating. And I, I notice it more in AEW than I did in WWE, and I don't know what, I don't know what that is. I, I don't know whether it's just because I want AEW to succeed so badly and I'm so I'm paying more attention, but... Quite possibly, and um, it's something that maybe maybe you and I are both looking at this and going, you know, I, I want this to be something that I can look at, and when I when I um, suspend disbelief, as I like to do each week, and turn mm. on the turn on the program, I, I, I go and I go, oh, this match is a is a real sporting event, and I'm going to watch this guy and support that guy and whatever, and then uh, I think, oh, hang on, now I've got to step back from that and go, well. What are we trying to say here, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's still uh, – I think AEW still have this uh, indie wrestling – and I'm starting to sound like the fucking Miz now. It has this like in your bingo halls. And, but there is, a, uh, there is a, an independent wrestling sort of attitude of like, who gives a fuck? Let's just be entertaining. And, and I love that. But I just think once you get to a point where you're on national TV and you're trying to sell pay-per-views and stuff like that, because does AEW want to have that 1.1, 1.2 million audience each week? Or do you want to grow that? 
I think if you if you want right to grow there, it, then you need to yeah. start presenting the product just in a slightly more tight way. That's all. Uh, yeah. Uh, here, here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm kind, kind uh, of what I was getting at too. I want to be able to introduce people to it too and be able to say, be able to explain what's going on. And if I, if I can't and I watch it every damn week, <laughs> like it's going to be yeah. pretty annoying for me. Yeah. It starts to get like Aussie rules football where people are like, well, why did you get a free kick then? It's like, I don't yeah, yeah. know. I don't know. I don't, I haven't known what the rules are for the last 12 years. Don't ask me. Why, what, uh, what is incorrect disposal? I, <laughs> I don't know. Don't know. It seems like uh, you can <laughs> completely miss the ball with your foot now, and that's fine. Um, anyway, God, I sound like such an old man. Something happened on Twitter. There was a post dynamite clip that happened on Twitter that uh, I don't actually know much about that you wanted to talk about. What, what happened? What happened there? Ah, oh, damn. Uh, I, I wish I could remember. Um, uh, was it? Was it well? The last match was Sting and Derby. Uh, look, I think it was Tony coming out, and without warning, he got Dar Sting to give a speech. Um, oh, okay, right, right. Yeah, okay. Look, I'm really having to chalk, mate. I should I should have put put down a few more notes here. Uh, yeah, okay. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty confident this is what happened now that I uh, dig back in the uh, the old memory files. Um, so uh, yeah, um, it is because I actually watched the clip. <laughs> I was just trying to set you up to make it sound like I didn't know what was going on. You bastard! <laughs> <laughs> well, they were just trying to make it sound yeah. more like easy breezy, man. Yeah, and, so and, pretty, it, and it was pretty, pretty cool. Sting to yeah, yeah, yeah. he. Um, uh, he he went right with it. He went right right for it and uh, um, reminisced about you know, perfor- performing in the building in that particular building before, I believe. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And it was it was he just great. Talked about writing um, writing his own ending was the main. You know, he was really thankful towards Tony. He brought up Tony because Tony uh, Schiavone was in the ring with him as well, and he's like, you know, man, I'm just so thankful and grateful that I get to write my own ending. And then he like big up Darby and said that you know Darby's going to be the future of AEW and blah 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 blah. Yeah, and and I think there was actually a nice little um, a little postscript to that uh, where I saw a clip that uh, Darby posted. He was recording himself as he does uh, quite often, doing like complete jackass stunts and craziness. But this time. Um, he and Sting were leaving the building, going to I I don't know, the hotel or whatever Cave. it was. Or <laughs> the <laughs> airport, I don't know. Um, and they were following a car, like not not intentionally following it. They would just happen to be b- behind this car uh, on a slow-moving uh, roadway, probably just trying to get out of the venue. Hmm. Um, and they were wearing they, – they, they had plates on the, on the back um, uh, that – somehow referenced AEW or, or they had some stickers or something. So they could tell that the, they were AEW fans in there. So because of the, um, because of the, the traffic jam, they both got out of the car 
and like went right up to the windows and were like, hey, check us out. It's Sting and Darby. <laughs> I saw that. It was so great. The guys in the car's faces were ama- like, they were just so shocked. Like, hey. But before they could work out what had happened, they'd gone again. They ran back into their car. <laughs> yeah. And so awesome. it's just great to see these guys that are having so much fun, so good at what they do and, and letting the, the, the crowd, you know, come for the ride. Great. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, did you? Uh, I, I just brought it up uh, because you know, we hadn't talked about it. The mixed tag match, I really enjoyed that way more than I thought I was going to. Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander versus uh, Adam Cole, bye bye, and uh, the Doctor. What well, do you think of that? I, I thought it, I thought it was a good match. Um, uh, like blow it out of the park or anything, but yeah, definitely a good match. And um, yeah, maybe I'm misjudging how good it was. I really. I really enjoyed it. I really loved it. No. But I don't know if it was that great a technical match. I was just thoroughly entertained by it. I, I got the feeling that it wasn't particularly – I think it was it was somewhat loosely booked. There were just probably a few key spots that they'd lined up, and then the booker just thought, look, you guys are all damn good at what you do. Just string those points together and we'll have a great match. And it was. It was, you know, it was, it was great, really good. One thing I did certainly think about it was um, – is this the first mixed tag match that we've ever seen? I, I think uh, it might be. Yeah, I can't. I, I was, I was thinking about the same thing. I don't think. Yeah, I think it might be. I think it might be. Um, I feel like I just want to apologize to Tony Khan. I feel like I went too hard on him about the Orange Cassidy. <laughs> uh, this always happens where I go hard on something, and then the next week Tony does what I ask him. <laughs> so, so the uh, Adam Cole Orange Cassidy uh, singles match is happening this week uh, at Beach Break in Cleveland, um, mm. and uh, yeah, I don't very, know. very 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 beachy. Uh, what I did love about it is that the TV spot was released. So they released the TV spots on YouTube now, and uh, the the big people in the TV spot were Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy. So. I apologize all those weeks and me saying, why are you not pushing Orange Cassidy and Orange Cassidy is the star and blah, 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 blah. Tony, I bow down to you again. I'm sorry. You all, it's all in the plan. I should never doubt you ever again. Um, hey, something that I, I wanted to mention that, about Orange Cassidy, and it's uh, it's nothing about nothing, but uh, at the moment in in Melbourne, uh, there's a uh, – there's a, an exhibition center, a sort of art studio space. Uh, I'm not sure how else to describe it, but they've got this amazing um, uh, audio-visual presentation set up on the wall uh, about all of the artwork of Vincent van Gogh. And um, uh, I, so I saw uh, last week, I, I went there because it was uh, my, my, my wife and my anniversary. We went out there, had a great night. Oh, nice. There was plenty of, plenty of images on the wall of, of, of the old Vincent because uh, he lo- used to like uh, painting painting self-portraits and there were a few there were i had things i quite often i see people and go man that reminds me your face looks so much like something else someone else i've seen before and i went through a couple of people i thought oh is it brian danielson no and it was some other actor no and i reckon orange cassidy looks so much like vincent Vell. yeah he does a little bit (laughs) (laughs) um do you want to see billy gunn versus christian at all yeah, I wouldn't turn it off. <laughs> I found myself after the gun club beat down Christian this week. I was like, you know what? I would be into that. I would be into Christian versus Billy Gunn. Yeah, give him four and a half minutes, sure. 
man. Or like a two-hour Ironman match. If they, they, they're both like in immaculate condition for a couple of uh, pension card holders. Um, are we going to get Latin American exchange in AEW? Are we going to get Eddie Kingston and uh, Santana and Ortiz joining up? That's a, it's only a matter of time before that happens, right? Well, I, I guess it's uh, potentially the outcome of, of one of this week's matches. Uh, we have uh, Daniel Garcia and 2.0, who are getting so much fucking TV time every bloody week. What is it that Tony Khan loves about them so much? I mean, they're okay. <laughs> I think Daniel Garcia has got a lot of upside and they're putting Garcia with 2.0 because he can't cut a promo. Right. Wow. I mean, his match with Sammy Guevara, that was, that, that was very good. Um, Sammy was really good at putting him over on that one. Um, uh, even though Sammy won, I mean, like he raised, he raised yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Daniel's profile. Uh, but anyway, so the match is uh, those, those three dudes versus uh, Jericho and uh, Santana and Ortiz. So the suggestion is if Jericho doesn't pull his weight, they're going to uh, hook, their hag- hook their wagon up to somebody else, I guess. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be disappointed. I'd, like, I'd, I'd you know, be, be happy to see them uh, experiment with a, a different faction, but that means we, uh, we, we, we've got the the crumbling of the inner circle. Yeah, I think it's probably time for that with the inner circle. The inner circle have been a really weird faction for me. I mean, they, as much as I have enjoyed them, like I think they've been really great and it's just testament to Jericho can make anything work. They are a weird faction. I mean, like they don't look like they should. They don't look like they belong together. You know, there's a real sort of village people vibe with the. <laughs> <laughs> with them at times where they're well, because they're all so different, you know. Like, I suppose they could be the strength, anyway. It's been two and a bit years of the inner circle, I think it's done its job. Like, all those guys are over. Um, and I, I think Santana and Ortiz teaming up with Eddie Kingston leading to them winning the belts. I, I'd really be into that. I think you might have something there. I think you might uh, do. Do we have a spot of the week or did we end up? Oh look! Not I, I, I saw I saw something that I'd, um, I I I was kind of tried try to claim was the spot of the week uh, when uh, Thunder Rosa had shared this amazing photograph on Twitter um, of her uh, mid mid action uh, trying to do a um, a pile driver. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't this week. <laughs> It yeah, was. <laughs> we found that out at the last minute. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was from uh, the taping of Dark on uh, December twenty first, and it was um, against a wrestler called um, Gabby Ortiz, I think. Oh, okay, right. I think it's Gabrielle Ortiz, um, and um, it's. It was pretty. Uh, it's, it's pretty spectacular photo. Like when you're watching the action, you can't actually get that angle. Like someone. Someone must have been. Um, they, maybe they used a, a shot from a different camera. Maybe they had a different camera that wasn't used for the actual YouTube footage, and they thought, "Oh, looks, we've got to, we've got to frame this. This looks brilliant." Um, 
I don't know how to explain it without saying sounding. We'll like put it up on our Twitter so people can say it. We'll put it up on Twitter because we're just going to dig a hole for ourselves if we keep going. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put it up on our Twitter. You can see it. You'll know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, just uh, uh, in 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 with a, a little a little note to, to to someone who recently passed, and the fact that we couldn't remember someone's name last week who is a member of the acclaimed. His name, His name is, is Anthony, Anthony Bowens. <laughs> name is Anthony <laughs> Bowens. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace, Meatloaf. Fight Club, one of the most misunderstood films of all time. It's a brilliant film. People, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, and it's Anthony Bowens who we continuously. I think that might be the third time I've forgotten Anthony Bowen's name. Anthony Bowen's name. I still can't even say it. <laughs> anyway, uh, hopefully, hopefully this will be the last time. Yes, we, yeah, his name, I think we should sign off all podcasts from now on. His name is Anthony Bowens. Uh, so remember, guys, his name is Anthony Bowens. You can support us by, uh, actually, Spotify now have a star rating. So if you go on Spotify and uh, give us a five-star rating, you will get us into the Spotify algorithm, get us, get us out to more people, more listens. Happy days. Um, thank you for supporting the podcast and listening to it. Um yeah, if you have a mate who's into wrestling, get him to check out the podcast. Uh, we will be back next week for with all the stuff that's happening wrestling wise. I should I'm going to try and watch some impact so I can talk about impact in some shape or form, but I haven't for a month, so I can't make any promises. Also, check out NWA. They're back in the studio. They're doing good stuff. Oh my God, there um, was another and- there was another indie wrestling show called Warrior Wrestling, which featured. Um, uh, Brian Cage versus Will Ospreay. Yes, yeah. Warrior Wrestling. Have been, I don't know if Warrior Wrestling has a some affiliation with AEW because there's a lot of AEW wrestlers that that wrestle on there as well. But anyway, so much, so much, uh, so much wrestling, and there's only so much time that uh, the two of us can get away from our respective partners without uh, having to leave our little dens and go and <laughs> be partners and stuff. Anyway. You guys don't need to know about that. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. May your wrestling be good wrestling and good night. His name is Anthony Bowen. His name is Anthony Bowen. (laughs) 